Hey everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slow Beef. With me, of course, is my good friend Devious Vacuum. Ah, hello. Time to enjoy another refreshing Doctor People. Pula Hoko. Hey ya. Uh, <laughs> Turbo C. I I already opened my soda. I was thirsty. Um, God, who else do we have? Uh, Oren Ronan. I I don't have any soda either. Sorry. Okay. Who did I miss? Jim. Hey, it me. There we go. I'll just I'll just see my way out. We're all Dr. Pepper <laughs> drinking buddies. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Dr. Dr. What is it? Dr. P? Dr. People. I'm actually drinking seltzer because I don't like Dr. Pepper, but whatever. All right. Look. The stakes, the stakes could never be higher. The, <laughs> the phone wave named subject to change. It's turning bananas green and, and warping all over the place. What the heck happened next? We we wake up the next day is what happened next. This game has a lot of like something really important happened and then it just like skips forward and it's like the next day and then they flash back to what happened the previous day. And not even like time travel skipping forward. Yeah, just regular boring time. Just narrative skipping forward. So it, they're like, it's a time machine! And then it's like, I wake up the next morning and I got a billion texts from uh, Moika, the girl who didn't talk but sends really, like, cutesy text messages. Is this, like, um... I don't know, is this, like, effective in drama? I feel like everyone does this, like that. We have a cliffhanger revelation, dun-dun-dun, but now we gotta bring you back down with, like, stuff where I'm not gonna tell you the out aftermath of that revelation for a little bit. Like, I see it everywhere, and I guess it's, like, one of those things that it must work, but it seems a little frustrating here. Though they talk about it a little, a little bit after this, because he, um, he says, like, um, him and Daru were, you know, trying to replicate it over and over again, and they couldn't do it, so it was sort of just like a deflates the cliffhanger. It might be a time machine! And then, you know, they tried to replicate it like, um... No, sorry, it's not a time machine anymore. Story's over. <laughs> it worked exactly once in one period of time. Very conveniently, it now no longer works ever again. <laughs> it's like the singing frog, you know, you can't get it to work where you want it to. <laughs> it really is a singing frog. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, this is a TV trope uh, moment right now. <laughs> uh... So the girl that we met um, in front of the in front of Radhika and last time, uh, Moeka, who's the girl who like doesn't want to talk, but for some reason sends like really elaborate and cutesy text messages to us. Um, she's texting, she's texting, uh, texting us nonstop, being like, "Hey, have you found my computer? Have you found it? Hey, hey, tell me how to contact the future, ha the super hacker. Tell me how to this. Tell me what you know." And we just are not even giving her the time of day. Yeah, I'm getting a creepy vibe off of this. Like, it's meant to be yeah. cutesy, but I, it's, it's like, legit stalker stuff. It seems like she's not writing them. Like, there's something, there's something going on with that. Yeah, it, it, I got the same thing where it feels like it's somebody else's idea of what this, you know, young woman would be, t would be sending to a dude. You know, it feels like the, oh, here's me being like, oh, no biggie, but just you and your chance. Really want to talk to your friend the super hacker. I was thinking that she just wanted the info about it and didn't really give it... You know what I mean? Like, she's just kind of, like, kind of me... Excuse me, meander her way in, that kind of thing. But she's so aggressive over the phone, but not in person. In person, she couldn't hardly get a... a, a speak a word. So, right. it's, yeah. it's like... I mean, it's very, like... I still think that she's a time traveler, and she's trying to... to <laughs> 
she's been assigned here and she doesn't either like doesn't know how to talk at the current time or she's like literally doesn't care like she's a part-timer and she has all these form texts like that are sent <laughs> you know that have already been written and stuff like that just press the three button to say you have an ibm 5100 <laughs> Like, yeah, like, those sort of, like, uh, like, tech support, and it's, like, <laughs> there's a person listening, but it has, like, computer sayings anyway, like, right. queued up. Or, like, the future, they would know, like, the dialect that people would be speaking and everything, and they could, like, form your message for you, kind of like a, kind of like a universal translator, right? But, like, more temporal, I suppose. Are you going to suspect every character is a time traveler from now on? Yes. I will. I am. <laughs> Wait till we get to uh, Suzuha. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was just about to say that. There's multiple people on here I suspect of being a time traveler. I suspect everyone is a time traveler. One of them must be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like if this is, like, the real moment where time travel was invented or something like that, you know, it would make sense that, like, they're, that then in the future, when they have time travel, that they're like trying to come back to the origin point so they can get control over it. Like, that's my working theory. Yeah, it's like time travel le leapfrog. Everybody's just like, hey, no, I'm getting <laughs> back further. No, I'm getting back further. I'm going to intercept it, yeah. I really hope it's just more like, um, well, I know whether it does or not, but I hope it's no one is actually a time traveler and it's, it's not about time travel at all. I know. I kind of hope that none of them are, but they all seem like they are, too. It's just a normal dating game. And you just talk about physics a lot. Wait, that sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play physics dating game. So a very important thing happens, and it's that Rintaro has a bottle of Dr. Pepper for breakfast. <laughs> Dan Riker, motherfucker. <laughs> He's like, oh, I feel like shit. I drank a whole bottle of Dr. Pepper for breakfast, and I still feel like shit. Weird. <laughs> It has all the nutrients I need as a <laughs> as a young adult. I, can, I don't understand this. I haven't consumed actual food in about 12 to 24 hours, but Dr. Peoples, that's going to save me now. <laughs> what a what a garbage boy. Um, he says that uh, Karisu got scared about the time machine and left yesterday, and so it's just him and Daru today. And he's like, oh, is Mayuri coming over? But she's not. Because she's mad about the chicken and bananas. <laughs> Which is, like, considering that's their only food, understandable. Yeah, that's, like, the only actual food in the place, and the rest of it is just swill. But it's not that understandable. Like, your microwave exploded, like, teleported into a table, and all this shit went down. It's like, you guys, my my bananas. And it's like, you know, my Miori, like, focus on the prize here. Like, you know, even if you're not that interested. If you're that hungry, I could see it like, Hey, we invented time travel. Yeah, it's cool, whatever. Where's my fucking banana? I mean, if we're being true, we know it's like the, oh, that silly girl trope. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, just, oh, I what's with her. She doesn't care about science. But she also appears to buy all of their food. Like, she's the only right. one who works. She has, like, five jobs. And she's the one who's always has, has food. So, like... Does she just buy all their food for them? And also, she will not throw food out because she ate the green time travel bananas. Waste not, want not. It may be that, like, the her whole thing that we think is a shtick, like, oh, you know, the ditzy girl is like, she it doesn't get to eat with these greedy bastards taking all her food. She's like, <laughs> I'm so hungry, I literally can't comprehend what's going on right now. <laughs> or she's a time traveler and, like, we're all gonna die in two weeks, so fuck it. I don't care. 
<laughs> she could also be a time traveler. We got some we got some evidence this time that she has some kind of thing too. But that's in a, in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um so since the discharge last time, which no one's really talking about the the lightning that happened last time. No, they're more concerned about putting a hole in the floor and getting the rent raised. <laughs> since the huge dis discharge, the microwave has been behaving normally. So they try to heat up another banana, and it just heats up the banana. It doesn't send anything anywhere in time. And um, the also the he talks about how they put the the they put the phone wave on a on a pillow in case it gains mass again, and that's fucked up. I wonder why it gains mass. What is losing mass so that it gains mass? That's what's going on. Carusu says in her talk that like. It doesn't have to... The the cons conservation of uh, matter doesn't apply that you can... On a macro scale, you can just have ma mass out of nowhere. I mean, she also says time travel is impossible, but... I mean, microwave phones. Yeah. Duh. But this, is what I, this is what I like about uh, Steins Gate's uh, approach to time travel is because... Gravity and, you know, considering space and time are linked, gravity is involved, so... Well, or, uh... In increase in mass or whatever, so I like that they play paid close enough attention to the physics behind it in just, like, this weird time travel game that their their physics, like, makes sense, in a way. There's, like, a lot of... You know what's funny is, like, because there's a lot of weird shit about relativity, and I forget how mass gets involved, because, I mean, everybody knows the thing where, like, time goes slower for you when you're mm -hmm. getting closer to the mm -hmm. speed of light. But, like, things happen with distance, and, like, like distance gets longer, and, like, I don't remember if anything happens to mass or not, but I'm wondering if that's, like, Steins Gate's nod to that. It's like, okay, well, as you go, like, mass has to increase or displace or something. And there's also, like, black holes involved. That also affects mass, in, I guess. Right. But then they also... They also mentioned something in the talk where it's like there's exotic matter, which has negative mass. So it, I don't know if that could be involved. So wait, um, the 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 phone wave it I, I forget um, it gets large and then small again, or is it just that we see it crash through the table as if it might have been just transposed into the table or something? You know what I mean? We just see it crash into the table. I think it just got heavier. That's like they don't. They don't know where the extra mass came from, and it's still there. Oh, and it's still heavier? Yeah. I see. It's funny just because it parallels the satellite a bit. Exactly. Hmm. That's exactly what the satellite did. The satellite is a time machine. <laughs> That's what I think. Right, no, 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 but like... Yeah, yeah, but I felt like the satellite in one timeline landed on the roof where Chris died, but then we're in another timeline where the satellite crashed into the roof. I didn't think of it, though, as... Like, initially, anyway as, like, gaining mass and having crash from its landing spot on the roof into the floor, I felt like, in this timeline, something diverged in space and it didn't land where it was going to originally and it yeah. hit the building. Yeah. That's where I'm, I was kind of like, did the microwave actually get heavier and crash? Which it sounds like it did, or did it, like, somehow get, tra like, transposed or moved? I wonder if that has to do with the exotic matter, like they're gonna say, right? Because maybe if you have matter, like, not antimatter, but, like, something that repels then you could say, like, oh, I just take it from this other world line, and that's the absence of matter. I don't know. 
Maybe it's something like that. Well, they kind of bring this up later on, but um, they mentioned that the satellites, they're kind of built to burn up upon re-entry. Oh, yeah. It shouldn't... It should not... Yeah. Whereas the satellite on the roof... Yeah, the satellite on the roof was pristine. And if it actually crashed into the building, then, well, that that building wouldn't be there anymore. But the satellite no. shouldn't even be there either. Do you ever, so, uh, do you ever, like, because um, this, Steins Gate's making me do this, where you do the thing where you're like, I want to learn something about quantum physics. And you go to, like, Wikipedia about super strength theory or something like that. And then you <laughs> get, like, X amount of paragraphs in before it's like, ah, nah. Yep. <laughs> Maybe next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not... It, it Like, the game does a good job, I think, of, like, kind of giving you the base level of understanding required to, like, comprehend its internal logic. But, like, it doesn't... Uh, and then it kind of goes off from that anyway, so it's like... Yeah, they make up a few of their own physics things, too, so... Oh, yeah. I think you kind of have to, even if you're trying to be, you know, accurate. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's, it's crazy heady. Yeah. yeah, like if you stick to the actual theories and stuff, you're not going to have something that's very A, you know, readable, or B, entertaining. Did you ever hear that adage? It's like, if you think you understand quantum physics, you don't understand quantum physics. We're, well, words to live by. I have, n- I have not heard that one. End but... podcast. <laughs> Maybe next session we can get a theoretical physicist on. Oh, I have a bunch of books I haven't read, but I feel like that makes me a bad scientist. I, I own a bunch of... I actually own a bunch of books on quantum physics, and I haven't read them yet. Oh. Someday. Someday I'll have time to read a book. Uh, but me speaking of reading a book, um, Sadaru is doing some research of his own. He is looking up CERN on Google, I guess. And he's just, like, looking at pictures of the Large Hadron Collider, um... Which I think at this point everybody knows what that is. It's been in the news. It's the part of CERN particle accelerator. And they found the Higgs boson. So it's. Daru thinks the Large Hadron Collider is Moe. Yeah, we. He has a thing for. Uh, machines, apparently. It's like, it's not. It's like not. He's just interested in it. Why does he have to talk about being interested in something in a horny way? It's like, wow, I'm horny for science. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> Breaking Bad is a lot different in Japan. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty obvious, though, because he's got a whole, like, it's very implied in the whole, he's got the whole folder. Like, this isn't something he just found. He has had the, the folder of the Large Hadron Collider for a while. Like, you know, he's got a bunch of JPEGs saved. Like, <laughs> it's like it's definitely implying, like, porn from, like, you know, 20 years ago. It was, like, that was supposed to be his hidden porn folder, but, like, he actually just started looking at it one day. I was like, no, actually, this is... He, he calls it. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. More, more like the large hard-on collider. Hey! <laughs> wow, you got that joke from 2009, too. <laughs> it's traveled through time <laughs> to here. Rintaro leads, Daro does machines. Oh my god. Mm, mm. Um, so, also, he calls it Large Hadron Collider 10. Remember when mm. that was a thing? Remember when... We joke, but that might exist. Remember when everyone was making tans of things and that was like a joke and they made essay tan? Did that ever stop? 
I feel like we all just sincerely started doing it instead of ironically, and we all live better lives now. No. Wait a minute. Well, should I? <laughs> we're more honest no, with ourselves. No. no. <laughs> also, you can't you can't hide it anymore because Twitter exposes everything. There was an essay ten. I remember her. How did we go from like quantum physics to this shit in like 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 ten minutes? Not even five minutes. Because the game did. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, we just followed. This game is such a moment in time. Like, it's such, it is really like Oren, like you said, it's like a time capsule in itself of like the, the 2009. It's like the last gasp of that decade. It's like, no, but we're really, this is, this is what this is. I'm never going to stop making fun of anime. Oh, by the way, speaking of, I'm going to be informational for a bit. So... I missed this last week, but one of you said when I, I heard it when I was editing the episode um, that they shouldn't be emailing, they should be texting. Mm, um, yeah, but, but yeah, but Japan's, I guess, cellular phone um, culture is really different from the United States. And they really did use emails back then. Was it displayed like that too? Yeah, so those were emails that you couldn't get on your computer. You only got it on your phone. They were, connect, you, you, they were attached to your phone. To your number, but they were email addresses and they were separate from your phone number. That's why so he, 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 they talk about several times about how they have the email address but not the phone number. Hmm. So they were separate things. Uh, and yeah, and that's that's how emoji started. Japanese hmm. um, cell phone emails. And they could be much longer than regular texts and and yeah. Oh, wow, and you would definitely be annoyed if you got a lot of little ones. <laughs> Because there was no point to, when you didn't have a, like a text character limit. You win again, 2009 Japan. Yeah, Japanese cell phones back then were really, really weird. I mean, they looked like regular um, flip phones, like you had in the West, but they, they did so much more. Did, didn't you like? Did, weren't they like all decorated back then too? Like they were like everybody had like, those things hanging off of them. Oh yeah, they still try to, but there's no place to do that on modern cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so listen, listen. Let's let's get this straight. Yeah, we gotta get going. Okay? This is a long one. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Da- Daru. Look, we we gotta figure out what how CERN did time travel, right? And so Rintaro tells Daru to hack into CERN. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that happens in this game. He's just like, so hack in. And he's just like, okay, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Rintaro takes a nap, and when he wakes up, he drinks another Dr. Pepper, which is not, <laughs> which is not helping. Maybe you need to take another nap after you're only awake for an hour because you had a Dr. Pepper for breakfast. Yep. And he uh, checks the uh, at channel for more um, tighter, for more John Titer stuff. Yeah. And somebody says, oh, "What was the quote?" Oh yeah, um, evil level bullshit. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Hold on, you know, I feel personally called out on that one. No, I know, right? There's nothing wrong with evil level bullshit. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's too cl- it's too real. I wrote in my notes here, it's like, these guys on the internet are all assholes. Like... Weird. <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> the one thing Steins Gate got wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Very unrealistic. Well, yeah, we got we got to like have a little suspension of disbelief on this one. I think. <laughs> Come on now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could deal with the time travel stuff, but this. And John Titer says the only thing I wrote down about what he was actually explaining is that if you cha- he's saying if you change the future, 
you change the past to fit it, so there's no paradoxes. So, like, if you change anything in the future or the past of your own time, compared to your own time, everything corrects itself so that that's what happened, and you don't remember it. Yeah. Hmm. I like the way that, because when you're writing time travel stuff, you have to address it. You have to either hand wave it, or you have to make it like, okay, you messed up the timeline, and now you're just in a doomed timeline or whatever. But I kind of like this one, where it's like, they have some games that deal with paradoxes, and it's like, well, you just can't do them. There's like some mysterious entity or power or whatever that just makes it so you can't do them. And mm -hmm. here it's like, well, it's just, if you do it, then it gets fixed. And if you not existing is what fixing is, fixes it, then that's what happens. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, that's what going by what John Tider is saying. Which I'm, yeah. I guess we can presume is what the game is going to follow. For now. So, let's see. Then, uh, Suzua, the girl that works in the CRT shop downstairs, knocks on our door to tell us that our TV is fixed. So we have a little aside. Hooray. Um, Rintaro tells Suzua about the future gadget laboratory, and he uses he still says his like weird chuny bullshit where he's like, oh, "We're fighting against the organization," and she's like, "Oh, is that CERN? <laughs> <laughs> Time traveler, um, clearly part of the resistance from the future." Um, uh, but also, she says that she can hear us talking in the lab from outside the window on the ground floor. So yes. So she can hear all of our conversations. Um, again, time traveler sent to spy on us from the future. <laughs> um, and we ask her to help us carry the TV upstairs, and she says, Oh, we're already in the age where women do physical labor. Hmm? Hmm? Also, she uses all this antiquated language because she doesn't know what time she's in. Hmm? I can't believe Rintaro doesn't pick up on this one. It's like, dude, like she could have slapped you in the face of being like, hey, look, look at this. This is my time traveling card. This is how I got here. But Rintaro, he only, he's the only one that he feels like he's the only one who's grifting anyone, right? Like, he completely, like, completely does not, re game does not recognize game. Like, he's like, yeah. why are these people, like, I'm the only one that's smart enough to pull anything over on anyone or, like, lie to anyone. And he even says this because he's, um, because he, we're like, uh, we don't believe her about something and, and he's like, oh yeah, I have special lie detecting powers and she kind of believes us and she's like, oh, are you, are you an esper? Um, and she's like, there aren't any, there aren't any espers or there aren't many espers where she came from and, um. She's like, that's that's cool that like there are a bunch here. And she says it in a way that's like, in the future there aren't as many because of CERN, but back here I guess there are more people with powers. So like, what does that even mean? Um, and she also is playing with a small metal pin constantly. That's obviously her time travel device or communicator. Um, he, we get like a, we get a, a, a email while we're talking to her. And she's, uh, and we like have a shocked look on our face or a sad look on our face, and she's like, "Oh, you seem like you just received a death notice," and we're like, "The fuck?" And it's like, "Yeah, because in the future." Yeah, that's that's the only thing that that Rintar was like. Wait a second, that sounds weird. What's a death notice? Although at one point, like, yeah, yeah, he accuses her of being an agent, and he's like, "Oh, you're Miss Galgo," and I'm like, "Oh, there's your Galgo 13 reference," and then he, then he's just like, but as soon as she says something weird, he's just like, "Oh, I don't know what that is." Like he never catches on. They're like, "Oh no, she actually is an agent, dude." He never catches <laughs> on. 
like with all the references around here, Death Notice, Death Note. Come on, that's like an easy one to be like, oh, you're talking about some and anime or something. But no, Death Note wasn't around in 2009, though. Yeah, it was. <gasps> it was. Right, I have it right here. Hold on. It had to have been. I'm gonna walk across the room and get my Death Note copy. Oh God. I mean, unless you're talking about the the American film. No, that one wasn't. <laughs> oh God! Don't you dare! I could have. Here. Oh yeah, right. There. I almost spat at my Doctor um, P. 2003. Yeah, Oof. 2003. Oof. Wow, we're old. You know, I, this is the only manga I own, and I legit forgot it was. You read it right till I was like, wait, why is this? Oh. Does it have one of those pages at the start where it's like, oh, hold on, you're reading the book backwards? Let me see. Yeah, you're reading in the wrong direction. Oops, guess what? <laughs> Japanese mangas are read from right to left. That's great. Anyway, sorry. So, uh, Suzua seems to have, like, less of a... She, she's, like, letting her... She she's, like has less of a cover story than Moeka. I think that they are both time travelers, and Moeka is, like, from CERN, and, and Suzua is from the Resistance. That's what I think. Because they both know what about the IBM 5100, Suzuo seems to know, she knows that the IBM 5100 exists, and she um, knows that it isn't here. I guess, like, nearby. Right. And she also is about to tell us that the IBM 5100 can decipher a quote-unquote dead programming language. We'll get to that in a minute. But we already, Rintaro already knows, because he remembers the other world line where John Titer appeared in, in the year 2000. And so she's like, oh, you already know that? I was going to give you a cool hint. But the cool hint is that they need this computer, this computer everyone's looking for, because it has a secret function to... I. So it says it's deciphering. Um, I assume that means that it... Um, either compiles or decompiles a, a program in a different language? I I don't think... I don't think they got that far, truthfully. Yeah. yeah. I, it, like, the, the, the concept of that doesn't really make sense to begin with, so it's kind of like... I just feel like they're trying to say, there's some kind of computer program written in the future in this dead language or something and only the IBM 5100 can somehow interface with it. But, like, that there's that doesn't, like, follow anything. No, you know what I mean? No. Like, they're kind of using, like, oh, it's, it's like a computer programming language. It'd only be deciphered. But that doesn't really make sense. No. Like, I don't even think whoever wrote this got to the compilation, decompilation part of it. Yeah. So, we're, we're, yeah, we're shown, like, a, a binary program later. Yeah. So, I, I think it's supposed to be implied that it's, you know, it's supposed to be decompilation. But, I mean, really, that it doesn't exactly make sense. No. Because it's not like you could invent an, uh, 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 even an antiquated style language that would be untranslatable. Like, it's not something you could do. So this makes no sense. Yeah, because programming languages all do the same things. It's, it's the only thing like, I could think, maybe they mean the assembly insofar as, like, the actual, like, opcodes. Like, the binary, they don't know how it operates on some chipset. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, it it can only work on IBM 5100 or something like that. Yeah, and you, you could still reverse engineer it and make it work. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, so long as you had that hardware and it ran. Even if you didn't have that hardware, if you just just had the binary codes, I mean, you've got fifty years of advancements to this. You know that you already had like this. This is basic level stuff. People do reverse engineering all the time. It's not that complicated. We are the wrong crowd for this game. <laughs> this is the part where we really know. I'm trying to like help them out. 
you say it's not that complicated, but my eyes have just kind of glazed over for a second there. <laughs> the problem is, like, yeah, it's like you can't be, I guess when you're writing this kind of stuff, too, you can't be an expert in everything. Like, they, they tried to do their homework, obviously, with, like... They did good on physics, and then programming, they're like, ah. Oh. But we also don't know that much about theoretical physics as people. I mean, they, they even did kind of well on, on hacking. Uh, not super well, but, but, but okay. Yeah, I was ready for it to be really bad, but it was good. Yeah, yeah. No. You know what the pro- their problem is? They have to work in John Titer, which means they have to work in the IBM 5100, which means there needs to be something in the future that only something in the past that was lost could fix, which is like when you get into computer realm, kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? That So they're, they are a little stuck with that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I you, you kind of have to give them the MacGuffin of, like, okay... Computer programming language and nobody can decide. Yeah, it's probably the best out that they could have to try to work that in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we finish talking to Suzua and head back upstairs uh, with our TV. She leaves. Later, Mayuri arrives with food. This is the point where I was like, does she buy all their food? She probably does. Um, that's probably why she has to work like three jobs. Uh, she, we tell her about our, our trying to hack and discern, and she's worried because hacking is bad. Uh, just as that happens, Daru announces that he has successfully hacked into CERN with the username Jack. It shows up on the screen, <laughs> and all of us are like, oh, "Of course, that fucker! I should have known." Mm-hmm. With the password one 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 one. Or A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah, Daru's hacking is actually just dictionary attacking people's passwords, which, especially for 2009, like, the level of security was very different. Mm. Ooh, hold on, logging into Twitter right now, let's see if this works. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Please save us. <laughs> Delete Jack's account. They even uh, show uh, some of Daru's hacking on the screen. He's, like, hacking into an SQL database and searching through all the users. And it's, like, actual... Actually makes sense on what he's doing. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, this is just a user level. I need a sysadmin. And you're like, yeah, you do. That's actually correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was good. I was, I'm, I'm glad. You could have just said I'm in, and it worked, and we would have bought it. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> kudos for going above. You could have just said I'm in and rolled back in your chair and just like looked <laughs> at the sky like I did it. Or, or, you know, like a death maze of skulls and 3D. That you oh my god. Oh no, it's the firewall. <laughs> <laughs> the, our DDoS isn't working. They did make a horny joke after he was done hacking, as if, like, he just had climaxed. Yeah, that's that's what this game is. They, they even say le, le petit more. Yep. Another thing that they sort of gloss over is, um... Rintaro asks Daru if, basically, if he could be traced, if his login could be traced, and, and he says, I took the necessary precautions without saying, like, oh, I spoofed my IP, or I routed through this and this. So that is, that's just sort of, like, glossed over. And maybe it's better that way. But I really, I, in 2009, like, you could hack somebody's password by calling them and saying, hi, I'm the password, uh, <laughs> inspector. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you can do that shit in 2018, honestly, like... Oh my god. You can still pull friggin', uh, just, like, stickies off of people's computer and get their passwords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could've just, like, looked on the website at photos and, like, zoomed in on a, a JPEG of someone's desk that had their password on it. 
People people do that for two factor too. Like just call you up and be like, "Hey, I'm the administrator. We we just sent you a confirmation code." Somebody, uh, yeah, like um, there's like a there's a scam with uh, Verizon actually where they do they actually have like the help script and they'll like read it back to you and say, "We just need you to like read off this code we're about to send you." And then they're logging in as you on the other side of it, and you get the code on your phone and write it back to them. And like they're like really sophisticated with it, and they're like they'll say like their way of backing out if you they say, well, if you like, you can call us back and they give you Verizon's real help number. Oh my god! Then they call back. It's like a pretty good, yeah. Wow. So what they're really doing then is they're ordering a phone or something on your account and having it sent somewhere. But your two-factor off is like what's authorizing the sale. Wow, it's pretty nuts. So be careful out there listeners trust no one all technology wants to kill you who does things over the phone anymore anyway a lot of people yeah that's such like a old weird people. i don't know yeah i yeah yeah i guess you're old that's what you're about to say you're about to say i just have over the phone all the time i'm like what 10 years older than you I, you are like that's so old like, <laughs> it's not that old <laughs> it's not that old as, as you as you do more like adult things, like they, they're like these antiquated things that you need to that you need to call them for. Like my my uh, gas company, like they don't really have anything online. I have to call them. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Talk to a, a human. I have I have stuff like that, but I'm not going to say what it is. But it's, I do have stuff like that where I have to call. <laughs> it sucks. But, like, them calling me? No. Oh, yeah, no. No one ever has to call me. I have to call them when there's a problem. Nobody ever calls me when there's a problem. I have to figure that out on my own. Yeah, keep in mind, that costs them money to call you. Like, the one thing that they are absolutely not going to do is spend money to call your ass. <laughs> they're just going to beat... They're just going to, you know, send you a bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, being an adult. So, um, where are we? Um, the, they find an email, uh, with this, Jack has an email that implies that the Large Hadron Collider has been in operation for nine years, since 2001, which is, uh, in alignment with what John Titer said, but not in alignment with, like, publicly how long CERN has been in operation. Um, I feel like, because in the game, they, they spell it CERN, S-E-R-N, like, it's just CERN. And it so it really hit me at this point that like this game is just dragging CERN for no reason. Like the the real life CERN. But that, again, that's John Titer, right? Yeah, that's a tighter thing. Yeah, I know, but like they made a whole game about it. Like I just I just feel bad for the people at CERN. Yeah, do you think somebody at CERN's just individual novels pops in Stein's gaze? Like, oh, wait a minute, they're they're making fun of me. How would you feel if you were like you found this like obscure game that was just dragging the company you work for, and like you don't even work for Amazon or Google or whatever where they deserve it? It's CERN. He's <laughs> 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 like, fuck them. I'm I'm actually gonna make a black hole. No. Just a little scientist in his, like, his little lab coat and glasses just just crying. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to make a black hole now. Crying over his black hole machine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these guys. They're just like the dude from Office Space. Like, I could do it. I, I could do it if I needed to. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> I will make a black hole. I'm going to go back in time and make sure this game doesn't ever get created. Okay, we got to get moving. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Daru finds an email that calls for halting all time travel, ex- or some kind of experiments, but, like, clearly time travel experiments, because someone has died. It's in English, uh, right? Do they have to translate it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like Real bad. Human is yeah. dead mismatch. Right. Uh, the English that's displayed on the screen is really bad and uh, funny. Um, there's one email that's clearly to someone named Paul, and it just says the word "pole" like P-O-L-E. And also, Rintaro voice he voice acts it, and he's like, "Hi, Pole." Yeah, there. And like they mentioned, the the famous movie director Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, not. I mean, it's so it's so funny. It's like just barely. I mean, to be fair, it's supposed to be representing English being translated into Japanese, but then also being translated to English for our benefit. So not really. It's just the localization huh? being lazy. That's exactly the way it's shown in Japanese version. No, I meant though. Like, isn't the characters in the game? Don't they have to translate it from? Like, don't they have? Doesn't Daru have some? Uh, they, they do, but what's but what's on the screen supposed to be the actual emails? Oh, I see. And and it's clearly a Japanese writer transla- literally, literally translating what they wrote into English and not doing a very good job at it. I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Or maybe that's just how they speak at CERN. What if? I mean, everybody speaks, like, a bunch of different languages there. So, I mean, that might not be a native English speaker writing the email. <laughs> that's fake. I made that up. So, yeah, they talk about a, a Z project... And a jellyman. Uh, and then Daru finds that that database uh, on the server. Like he's like, I found this weird database with this indecipherable code on it, and he like tries to uh, run some cipher decryption program on it, and he, it doesn't work. Okay. Um, meanwhile, Rintaro is emailing John Titer directly. And based on what he emails him, John Titer's like, are you, why would you have mo- knowledge of multiple world lines? Are you also a time traveler? And Rintaro, like, doesn't want, basically it seems like he doesn't want to admit it. Like, he doesn't want to think about the fact that he might have traveled through time that day. And that's why everything weird is happening. I mean, he even calls it hallucin- hallucinations. Yeah. Like, I think he absolutely doesn't believe that he has traveled time. Or he just doesn't want to comprehend it. I think there's an earlier reference, though, that people that are, like, that can perceive through times. Yeah. Yeah, that people can perceive if the shift happened. Yeah. Yeah, in the, like, the online bulletin board thing, uh, they go into, okay, if you cause a paradox or if something splits off into another timeline or whatever, everything's basically reconstructed. And your memories are reconstructed, but uh, unless you're that rare special person who can remember other timelines. Yeah. Which I think, like, John Titer mentioned, like, he's the one who says that. And then he also is just like, but you can't remember that. You must be a time traveler. So it's either one or the other. I don't know. Maybe maybe Titer himself doesn't really believe that there are people who can remember that. Like, he, maybe he's never met anyone, you know? Maybe it's like that. Well, it, I think the the implication is only time travelers can remember other timelines when something's been changed. Oh. Like, if you've traveled through times and, and screwed up timelines, then there's something wired into your aura or whatever that makes you able to remember. Yeah, yeah, he's like the Bruce Willis from 12 Monkeys. He calls it, like, div- divergence, where apparently if you change something, like, a little change could be, like, a point zero zero whatever percent change, and then, like, a big thing, like somebody dying, could be, like, 
you know, point zero five or whatever. Somebody important dying. Yeah, somebody important. Yeah, so we're talking to John Titer and then um, a little bit, and then Moeka sends us a text, or Shining Finger, whoever you want to call her, uh, sends us a text bugging us about the IBN again, and then we have this epiphany. They're like, wait a second, CERN, IBM, weird program. And then he uh, he basically uh, texts John Titer, like, could would this uh, code be something that uh, only an IBM 5100 could fix? And goddamn, this game takes a long time to get to revelations. It just It's like, yeah. no, uh, you know you know for a while this, this is coming, but hold on a second, let's draw it out another 5, 10, yeah. 15 minutes. And it's almost like the characters like are, are representing you on that, because every time Okabe or Rintaro has a uh, an epiphany, everyone else is just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you have anything good. else to say? It's good. Um, and so, yeah, we need the... I mean, we, so now we need to get this computer that everyone's trying to get. And the fact that everyone's trying to get it before we even know that we need it makes me feel like, again, like, stuff is in place because specifically this was the moment where time travel was discovered in some capacity. Now, even if it's just like this is when it was discovered outside of CERN, naturally, or whatever. Well, it according to, like, the timelines, it's, like... John Titer in this timeline did not say anything about the IBM 5100. So the fact that anybody really even wants this besides us, it's like anybody mm. who wants this computer could be a time traveler, or they could know that it's of some importance, where, you know, what I'm saying? Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they have to know it's important or have been for, from the other timeline where Titer said it was important. Yeah, and yeah. keeping in mind with this whole thing where you can't cause paradoxes means you can reset what's happening accidentally. Like, if you if you screw this up, it resets, and then just everything goes back to the way it was, because it was always that way. Like, it's, I mean, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, the, the cause, like, you can, like, you reverse yeah. the cause when you change the effect. So, like, if you change when somebody discovers time travel, you don't get the cash in on that particular moment when it's discovered. So this is where Steins Gate gets a little weird, because they, they say that the the multi-world line or multi-timeline, multiple multi-universe theory is correct, and that basically every universe, every possible universe is existing all at once, but that time travel can change a timeline, so this is where I don't quite get what it's... Maybe, maybe we should get through, like, the, the yeah. chapter and then get to, because, like, yeah, because there's, like, a lot I want to say there, too, but... So we so we figure this out that we need the computer too that everyone's talking about and we uh, head downstairs and run into Suzu again and she's like oh I she and we're like well do you know where where this computer is because you were talking about it before and and she's like I know someone who knows where it is and we're like well who and and she's like well that person's been dead for several for a long time and we're like okay <laughs> and um, so she's definitely from the future resistance like a hundred percent. Um, yeah. And next we go with Mayuri to get food. And oh, here's the weird Mayuri thing. Mayuri just stops and stares at the sky. And we're like, oh, she's always done this. She just stops and um, she calls it reaching out to the night sky. But lately she's been doing it during the day. with. Uh, and she also is looking at her weird antique pocket watch pockety. Um, what's Mayuri's deal? She, like, so she's just, like, stops and, like, stares at the sky and, like, seems to be communicating with someone, and we're just like, okay. 
by the way, at this point, she also wants to go to um, a beef bowl place. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, which is based on a real one, which is um, kind of the soup Nazi of Akihabara. Mm-hmm. It, it's a beef bowl place that where, where they're really strict and they don't allow cell phones. And if you uh, have your cell phone out, they, they throw you out of the store. Oh, that's, it's, that it's, sounds like an experience. Yeah, it's really famous. I, I'm too afraid to go into it. <laughs> I want to get thrown out of that store. I would... T- oh my gosh, yeah. It doesn't seem that hard to sit down and focus on your food for like half an hour or whatever. If you like really concentrated, yeah, you could do it for 30 minutes. Or you could have the enjoyment of getting thrown out of the, the soup Nazis place. Well, okay, you go there, you enjoy your food for 20 minutes, and then you whip out your cell phone. Do they take your food away? I have no idea. Like, you can't take it with you, so if they throw you out, you have to just leave, huh? Was it, was it Chuodori? No, it's no. not Chuodori. It, I, I, I walked past this store a couple of times, so I was too afraid to go in. <laughs> Does it just have, like, an aura about it? Reasonably. It kind of looks old and, and, like, really featureless. It's, like, few wooden tables inside and stern-looking woman looking over the customers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. I love it. It's like it's like a like a ritualistic kind of a feel to it. Yeah. Let's see. So we leave we leave Mayuri. Um, Moeka keeps bugging us, uh, and we're walking in front of the Radikan building, and Karisu's there. Um, throughout this chapter, Karisu uses slang from at channel out loud um, that starts cluing people in that maybe she posts there. I had an epiphany like like uh like a copy right there. I was like, oh wait, there's another named person on the thread other than us and John Titer. <laughs> yeah, Goku. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't even get it at this point. I was like real being a retard on this where I was just like, oh, the like the next is like emphasize it like four more times in this chapter and I'm just like, oh yeah, oh of course. Yeah. Uh Kurisu and Rintaro have they constantly fight but I feel like out of all the girls that we've met so far, they have the most chemistry, and I don't, I, I don't like that. But I, but they do. I like their scenes. Um, their scenes are also very frustrating. They just bicker constantly. Yeah, it's like Karisu is the girl that's is the most human because all yeah. the other girls so far are just like throwaway characters or their gags or whatever. Yeah, she's the most like a real person. And she's also like reacting to what Rintaro's doing. Like, what what are you doing? Like, what can you stop for a second? And he can't. And so she's like doesn't know what to do with it. Um, and, and he's like, We're scientific rivals, and she's like, Whatever, dude. I like that she just absolutely refuses to play the game. Just absolutely yeah. refuses to indulge it at all. I mean, she does a little bit, though, but, like, it keeps happening where she kind of, like, like refuses and then will eventually come back because, yeah, now she's going to play along again. And she also, like, will try to play along and then he'll do something really insensitive yeah. or annoying and then she'll be like, nope, nope, I'm not doing this. Um, and so they have, like, a whole thing. They both try to, like, walk away from each other but then grab the other one and are like, I'm not done talking to you yet. And that's where she talks about her dad for the first time, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Like, I won't make the same mistake my father did, like, <laughs> believing in... So much for a 17-year-old or 18-year-old to say. Oh, God. And she's just like, I am not going to investigate fringe science. That got my dad kicked out of science entirely. <laughs> I'm on Science Magazine, and he got kicked out. It's, it's, that's, it's very contrived. 
And her father was a time travel scientist who was ostracized from the scientific community. And, you know, it takes a lot to get ostracized by your field. Um, <laughs> I just, it, you know. Does it? I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the science field, but like every other like story was, oh, they all laughed at me. And that's why I turned evil. Well, yeah, if you're like at the Nobel, you know, prize committee and you're saying, hey, I got the fart gun here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I just, like, in the field of robotics, we have Hiroshi Ishiguro, who's the Japanese guy that's in all the articles and stuff, who, like, made a robot that looks just like him, and wants to make, like, lifelike robots, and a lot of them are women, and, like, he's, like, a media darling within robotics, and, um, if there's anybody that everybody should be like, ah, um, and people are, but he's not exiled, so, um... Yeah, I think it takes a lot. I think it probably... I mean, I feel like it's... Unless there's something I'm missing. It's like a lot of fields where you can just have a reputation and it precedes you and might screw you up from, like, getting serious work or people listening to you anymore. Like Rob Liefeld. Mm -hmm. Or I had a better example and I completely blanked on it and that's all I landed on. Yeah. But whatever, you know? Well, or like, I think a lot of the tropes are, like, from, like, the, the Royal Society... Like from like from like the English like you know like you know nineteenth century paradigm of like you know they, they can't have sealer camps anymore they've been distinct for years you know like that kind of thing or uh, yeah or no Peter Molyneux right like if you're like if you're a scientist that's thrown out of the community it probably realistic really means you couldn't get grants you can't get loan money you have like cockamamie theory you're not taken seriously by peers but there's like no big table that you can't sit at anymore like or a building you can't walk in. Yeah, you just don't have grant money. Yeah. And, like, it's you can also run out of grant money just because you're not studying something that Congress thinks is popular. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's fucking real out there. Time to talk to the venture capitalists. <laughs> God, too real. I just wanted to make sure that scientists weren't all bullies to each other is the thing. Oh, no, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are, but, like... <laughs> um, the ones with grant money, anyway. So, Chris, right? Uh, yeah. So, so, we, like, I, she's, she keeps me, she's like, I don't want to, like, she's not going to talk to us anymore, basically. We end that conversation, like, bye forever. And, um, but of course it's not forever. Um, and we cut to the next day, and we're at the computer parts store, and we don't know what we're doing. Ritar doesn't know anything about computers, so he's just wandering around. And uh, Mayuri calls us, and I guess you can skip this, or yeah. So um, I I accidentally did uh, did not answer the phone, um, and Rintar was like, "Oh shit, I'm so sorry," and and sort of like runs out the door uh, of this like computer parts area, and uh, there we find. Um, and I'll I'll talk about this route, and then we can talk about when we mm -hmm. when we do answer the phone. Um, we find. Um, Moika actually uh, sitting on the side of the road, and we're we talk to her, uh, but she doesn't really talk back. She texts us or, or emails us back. Um, she asks about the IBM, and we're like, "Why don't you, you know, why don't you talk to me?" And basically, you're just like, oh, "I guess this is just like she feels she's shy and she feels more comfortable doing that." And then you, you sort of understand. And we we do actually watch her type all of this stuff out super goddamn fast. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so you just get to know her a little bit 
better. I don't remember if there's anything important that comes out of it. Well, if you answer, Mayuri just tells uh, uh, tells you that she has some interesting information, and uh, we're like, "Well, tell me over the phone." And she's like, "No, come to the come to the maid cafe." And so we go to the maid cafe, and it's time for everyone's favorite character. That's right. Today is Sunday, August first, the day of the Ferris Cup. I do like Ferris. I'm sad I missed this scene. Uh. Rintaro says about her, that girl is seriously hardcore. I'd prefer to stay away from her if possible, which... <laughs> yeah. Ferris is my favorite. I love her. Ferris um, is fantastic. She just <laughs> she has everybody there, like, wrapped... Not wrapped around her finger, but she is orchestrating every event that goes on near her. She's so powerful. Yep. Like, God. I even wrote in my notes, Ferris is my esports wife. <laughs> <laughs> esports is a good term. God, she's great. Um, so want to grow up to be here one day? Yeah, goals. Um, so we have to enter the the Ferris Cup, and it's dumb. Yeah, because Mayuri tells us that Ferris knows something about the IBM fifty one hundred. So of course Daru's there already because we already know that he was gonna be there for this this Raynet tournament. Well, they kind of beat around the bushes to what the Ferris Cup is. And it's like, yeah. well, it's a battle to the death. Um, actually, no, it's just a card game tournament. Yeah, because Rintaro doesn't remember that she told him, like, the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets, like, embarrassed, too. He's just like, oh, what is this? So you're beating off, like, 27 dudes. It's like, you, you were here when she explained what it was and what the reward was. So... Uh, and so she makes it seem to him like she'll tell him the information that he needs if he beats her at Rynet. Um, and then he says, basically, if I, if I agree to face you, then will you tell me what I want to know? And she says yes. And so, of course, he doesn't know how to play this game, but he still makes a big show about it. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna... I'm going to beat you, and he gets everybody to like put all their faith in him in the last round, and then he loses <laughs> immediately, because he doesn't know how to play the game. Uh, and the game is playing along, too. Yeah. I, yeah, I love this. He's like, this is, like, they start playing, like, sports music, like, the language is like, this crazy bastard's out to win this. Yeah? <laughs> like, the game turns into Yu-Gi-Oh for, like, a couple minutes. Yeah, this was this was good in the anime too. So when I realized that I missed it by not picking up the phone call, I was like, "Damn it! I need to go back and replay it." So I, I still have my save file to do that. And he's so when Charles like, "Ah, oh, all according to plan." I said that you would have to tell me if I faced you, not if I won or not. So I just lost immediately, and everybody gets mad at him because they get super because pissed because he's an asshole. And uh, but Ferris is like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I know about the IBN fifty one hundred." Uh, she says her dad collects old PCs, and um, but she won't invite us over to her house to see uh, anything, and uh, and we're like, please, like show it, show it, and she's like, no, you can't come over to my like sacred ha Ferris clan house or whatever. Um, and so we leave, and in a little bit, Mayuri comes out of the. Um, out of the maid cafe and says, "Oh, I, I asked Ferris more about it, and she said that she uh, don't that she donated, or she didn't donate, but like her family did, donated a PC that looks like the IBM fifty one hundred to a shrine. <gasps> so there's only two shrines, 
And we go to the big one. They don't have it there. We And so the only one left is the little one where uh, Luca is. And so we uh, head to... We're on our way to the shrine and uh, we get a phone call from someone who doesn't want to talk. Um, and at first I thought it was Moeka, but it's not. It's Kurisu! She is not done yet. And uh, she's like, where Where are you? You can skip this one too, by the way. Hmm? You can skip this phone call, call too, by the way. And you get a different different scene of the shrine. Yeah. And, and in those cases, uh, what, Luca has to help you take it back. Oh. oh. I don't want to burden Luca with anything. I... I just want to protect Luca. <laughs> Poor baby. Luca's good. Krisa <laughs> meets us at the shri- at the shrine. We get there. Luca's there. Um, we don't like in- introduce Krisu to Luca like well or politely, and so Krisu's like, "Hey, do it right." It would take ten seconds if you would just do it right the first time. And we're just arguing constantly. And, like, Luca doesn't know what to do with um, Rintaro and Kurisu arguing in front of her. And she's just like, please don't fight. And she's just so delicate. She's such a delicate baby. She really is. She's like, mom and dad can't argue. No. I know. She's, like, crying. Oh, baby. And then Rintaro... Rintaro is, of course, still gross about Luca's gender. Yeah. Um, and, uh... So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, he makes a mental note that Luca's dad was the one who got her the robe, the girl's robe that she wears. Um, and he makes it seem like it's a gross thing. But in fact, what a supportive father. <laughs> <laughs> the dad right now seems super cool. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but the dad seems super cool. The dad seems really supportive. Yeah. Yeah, you, we get to see him in a couple of seconds. And yeah, he's he's just... Yeah. Just a chill dad. And Krisu is, like, touched by how good Luca's dad is. Like, she's gonna cry. Why wasn't Why wasn't he in Dream Daddy? Yeah, he's that good of a dad. He's too... You can't... No, you can't... That's like touching the sun. You can't date a... No. He's a priest. <laughs> well, that doesn't stop the people in Dream Daddy. Uh, right, so... <laughs> You're gonna piss Coco... Luca the fuck off. Don't do that. Oh no, poor baby. Yeah, yeah, Luca's upset. Okay. Don't date, don't date her dad. <laughs> so Luca's dad comes out, and and we tell like Rintaro tells Luca like this is a matter of like the fate of mankind, and Luca like b- immediately believes him and is like oh my god, and like runs in and is like dad, dad, come outside. It's a matter of life and death for the fate of all mankind. And Luca's dad is like oh well, must be a big deal then. Oh. <laughs> Um, and he does actually have it. He has the computer. It's it's there, and he like takes it, t- takes it out for us. We like beg him for it, and he's just like, "Oh, you know, I was gonna give it to you anyways," because he mentions that the person that donated it uh, said, "If a man ever, a young man ever came along and asked to use it, give it to him." Again, time travel. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, yeah, that one's, that's like, that's like a freebie. Yep. That's for the slower readers. It's like, is this being orchestrated, right? Like, are, is everything that Rintaro is doing and the Future Gadget Lab is doing, like, is that being orchestrated by outside forces? 
like the, to put them in the right place at the right time for this discovery to happen. Like how much of this is being controlled? Yeah. Also, I like how Luca's dad is just like, "Hey, listen, we run a shrine here. Like, I'm a priest. I don't, I don't do this whole PC thing." So he's like, "Yeah, just bring it back. Just you know, like this is not a big deal." He doesn't care. No. Right. Also, Luca's father doesn't ever uh, misgender her. I don't think he uses any pronouns. He just talks about Luca and is like my child and and stuff like that. Never. So, fuck you, Rintaro. Um, and he's he's also just like Luca's very delicate. So please take care. <laughs> please take care of my child. Yeah. And and like Chris is like crying. <laughs> it's very sweet. So the computer's too heavy to carry all the way back to the lab. So, uh, I guess so. So I guess if, if Chris is not there, hello. Hmm. Hmm. Bobinator is in the chat with us. Huh? Hey, can you get out, please? We're doing something. Sure. Traveler, there is a time traveler <laughs> in the. <laughs> Shot that one out. <laughs> You're messing up the timeline. I mean, I wouldn't have minded if he was recording. <laughs> I mean, you know. No, oh, you've created a time paradox. God damn it! That was that was weird timing. Okay. I'm spooked. Yeah. What happened? Somebody else take the wheel, please. <laughs> So, so we basically are like, well, this is heavy, and we try and lift it up, and we lift it up a little bit, and then we're like, okay, no, I need to put this down, and then we basically say, uh, we need help to carry this, or, uh, Karisu, actually, she says, what, what idiot, you can't lift a computer, and then she tries, can't lift it off the ground, and we're like, okay, we need two people to do this, uh, Karisu refuses, and then, uh, Rintaro's just like... Oh, for, for a gig. Yeah, Rintaro's like... Like, uh, okay, I guess I'll have to ask Luca. And, you know, Luca's like, alright, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, and, you know, being, like, as, uh... You know, frail and feminine as she is, uh... Krisu sort of being, like, the, the older sister is like, no, no, I'll do, I'll, I'll do it. And then, yeah. Then, oh, you fell for the old Japanese gag. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. And then, uh, so they actually do carry it back. So the Kirisu and Rintaro are, are, like, are, are carrying it back, and it's very, um, they do, like, they, like, it's just, like, this whole, like, almost, like, Laurel and Hardy bit where they, like, no, don't go forward. I have to, I can't walk backward. You can't walk backward. Let's do it just sideways. Just walk sideways. We're fine. It, they, nothing is ever easy. But, but Rintaro still refuses. I mean, it does drag on for a little bit, but I do like the bit. I like the bit. You no, know, it's fun. But it's just like, it's just like, of course they're going to have a thing here. And it's just a, a nice comedic moment, but it's not too heavy. I mean, the thing is too heavy, but the uh, the moment isn't. And, uh, <laughs> I, I just love that Curry Sue is just like, let's go sideways, that's a lot easier. And just Rintaro is just like, no... This, this is good. I'm walking forward. I'm fine. Carissa's like, I can't I can't carry it backwards. I'm going to fall. And Rintaro's like, no, of course you can. You're my assistant. You can do it. And she's like, yeah, I appreciate the vote of confidence, but I'm going to fall. We need to walk sideways. 
And you kind of get the feeling that he's doing it on purpose. Like, sometimes oh, it comes through that you like, oh, no, he knows exactly what's going on, and he's doing See, this to me. I, I never read that from him. I really think he's just oblivious to all of it. No, like, I, I think he kind of gets, like, you're my assistant, you're supposed to be helping me. But, like, he, I feel like he has no thoughts of, like, anyone but himself in the sense of, like, I don't know if she's going to fall or not. I have no idea. Of course she won't. I don't think she will, so she won't, you know. But he does break character sometimes. Like, he does, like, yeah. well, like in his eternal monologue, he'll say stuff like, oh, yeah, of course, I wouldn't believe that, but I have to tell them this. Fair, fair. Yeah, he feels pressure to play a character both to impress other people and as a coping mechanism. And it's all yeah. kind of mixed together. And also, it kind of seems like he thinks it works. Yeah. Like, he thinks he's accomplishing something. He thinks it works. Both as a performance and as a coping mechanism. He yeah. believes it works, but it does not. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like the George Costanda thing, so. Yes, exactly. If you believe. It's not a lie if you believe it. Right. It probably is some... Well, nah, never mind. Yeah, we could. Another branching path we don't need to take. So when they get to the... They get back to the lab, and out in, and Suzua is out in front, and she meets us at the door, and is like, oh, what's that? And we're like, oh, we finally got it. We got the computer. And she's like, whoa, cool, where was it? And we're like, it was at the shrine. She's like, weird, that's not where it is. <laughs> or something like that. Like, that's, that's not where I thought it was. So, okay. And uh, Suzua stops and looks at Kurisu and is like, you're Makise Kurisu. She does like a, a scowl at her, like the, yeah. Yeah. So and, and so Kurisu's like, I don't even know you, and and she's like, whatever, bye. And she's like, that that girl was so rude. What does Makise Kurisu do in the per in the future? Does she join CERN? Yeah, she does. I I just like the idea that Rinto was like, hey, you, you did something to offend her right there, huh? Yeah. He's like, no, I didn't do anything. No, it must have been something. And uh, they get so so some some she's gonna do something in the future. And uh, so they get back to the uh, to the lab finally with the with the computer. And uh, Daru shows up and he's like, oh my god, you did it! You made the impossible possible. And this is another two chan meme. And um, they and Karisu understands the meme and they're just like. Why does this girl understand our, our at channel memes? I don't... Girls post on online forums? I don't... That's not real. Not in 2000. Um, not in, No, absolutely not. And so... <laughs> um, and uh, so Rintaro continues to be the worst. Um, he, like... Kurisu's, like, having a moment about her dad and... I mean, obviously, Rintaro doesn't know how to handle it. Like, he doesn't even know if it's real or not. Like, and it obviously is, but, like, he just doesn't... He has this idea of who Chris is in her head... In his head, and, like, he doesn't... It doesn't work, so he's basically offensive by t by treating her real-life bad relationship with her dad as a joke. Um, and just as there's, we, but, but he realizes he should apologize, but like things keep happening before he gets a chance to apologize, including Moeka asking us, asking him for his, uh, for information on the computer. And this idiot says, yeah, yeah we found it, but you can't have it. You can come look at it though. Come to my address and sends 
his address to mm-hmm. her? Oh, God. I mean, he didn't even want to give the phone number, but he's okay with the address of him, his own address where all his friends live, and she could just come and stalk him anytime now. She's sitting there like, I've been researching this motherfucker for months, and he just tweeted it out! (laughs) 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 To be be a little fair, I guess, I mean, in Rintaro's mind, nobody is in on anything, and there is no time travel yet. Like, the only time travel he knows of is the one he and... No, actually, in his mind, probably that he invented somehow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? With the phone wave. So... This this person kind of annoying him about the idea. It's like, all right, yeah, fine. And he has no reason to suspect like there's any. You know what I mean? Like, this, yeah. It, to us, this is like this. Like, what is wrong with you? But like to him, it's like he has no reason to suspect her. It's yet. still stupid to give your address to a stranger. Yeah, it's stupid regardless of time travel. Well, look what he's doing. I mean, it's just like, all right, yeah, you want to be in the lab? No. Well, you're in. You're number four. You're, you're welcome anytime you like. Come on. Help me bring this expensive, like, rare computer back with. You know what I mean? Like, it's all... He's just all over the place, that guy. Yeah, so... Yeah, and, and so then we, we give we give Krisu a, a, a Dr. Pepper and tell her to relax and she's like... But hold on, wait. Oh. But it's not a doctor. It's not a Dr. Pepper, is it? Oh, sorry. Not in this translation. No. It's uh, it's been photoshopped to say Doctor People. <laughs> <laughs> doctor People, the People's Doctor. But our good friend, our good friend Oren has shown us an original screenshot where it is the actual unedited Doctor Pepper. Mm-hmm. So this is, in essence, a Soylent Green, like, joke done by the people who translated this. Yep. But also, that means that Dr. Pepper was, like, an official sponsor in this game. Oh, yeah, and I wonder... Um, most likely they didn't care. Yeah, that... What are you, what are you talking about? Pepsi reached out and was like, yeah... He- well, I thought that they talked to the people, and they were like, Hey, Rintaro, all he drinks is Dr. Pepper. If you want to have Dr. Pepper in the game, he just drinks nothing but Dr. Pepper. I think the change, they actually changed for the anime. In the anime, they made it like DK paper, pepper or something like that. Because mm. the anime is much more prolific than a visual novel. So they couldn't get away with it anymore. <laughs> oh my god. Right. It's, for, it's free advertising. They'd rather like charge somebody for that, you know? I'm drinking Dr. Pepper every episode because it's in this game, so... Yeah, it works, see? It works! No, but, like, that is that thing, like, where you watch, like, TV and sometimes they'll, like... They'll do that stupid thing where there's, like, a piece of duct tape over the Apple on a MacBook, you know? So you're like, oh, that's some silver computer. Wonder what it could be. Oh, which one? Yeah. Right. But at any rate... Yeah, no, they... Like, a lot of video games, they do that. They don't... Or, and all that, they don't care, kind of. So you'll just see, like, oh, Marlboro cigarettes, huh? You know, and shit like that. Oh, I I thought they were official sponsors. No. I wish. A lot of times, like, like non-official stuff will get cut out of anime. Like, uh, Tiger and Bunny had a whole big thing where, like, all their stuff was removed on Netflix instead of, like, Hulu. It's weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, like, because I think over here, like, too, there's, like, a lot of annoying, like cross-corporation conglomeration stuff, so it's, like, somebody who's, like, a subsidiary of Coca-Cola might have something to do with, like, the company that's bringing this over, and they're like, no, 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 don't, don't be... I think Dr. Pepper is PepsiCo, right? Whatever. Uh, it's its own thing. Yeah, yeah Dr. Pepper but, is, but it's, it's not Mr. Pib, which is Coke. 
Yeah. Wait, either they think in Japan it's actually a Coke product. Because they researched it earlier. I'm just saying, like, you bring well, it all, and then, like, somebody somebody in legal is like, wait, 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 wait. Like, don't give this people free advertising. Like, make it, at least, like, make it Dr. P or something, you know? Do you think that if Dr. Pepper really did uh, sponsor this game, then there would be a global beef between Dr. Pepper and CERN? I would want to see that on, like, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I would love to see. I honestly, if I, if I worked for CERN and Steins Gate dragged me, I would like that. <laughs> like, that's awesome. We're like an evil organization, you yeah, know. Yeah, they're probably all like, I wish our shit worked that good. Like, you go clean the, go clean the LHC, you know. I wish we had the, the funding of an evil organization. Those fuckers yeah. got it made. They all have light yachts and all that stuff. Yeah. I think I found a Higgs boson. Nah, alright, yeah, but the other nine months of the year are pretty annoying. You know, whatever. Uh, uneventful. Oh, and there's a 7-up here. Anyway, so... Yeah, there's a 7-up in the shot of Daru's, uh, Daru's yeah. desk. Um, but yeah, so we give, uh, so, so Rintaro and Krisu, he's like, we're, we're drinking buddies. She's like, I'm not old enough to drink. And he's like, I, I don't drink either. It's Dr. Pepper. We're Dr. Pepper drinking buddies. <laughs> and she's like, okay. Oh, another thing that happens is, like, when she calls us Okabe, and, like, we get really mad at her and, like, legitimately frighten her. Um, and we're just, like, he's just, Rintaro's just getting his normal mad about not being called Hoenn. Um, but, like, for some reason, at this moment, Chris like, really, like, gets legitimately frightened of him. Well, we, like, pin her against the wall, too, don't we? Well, we just take a step towards her, but it feels like she's reacting oh. like she's experienced trauma before, like, violent trauma before. Or something. I don't, but she's, like, legitimately scared. Or Rintaro steps, or Rintaro stepped toward her. I'm sorry, go ahead, like, I was thinking in the other timeline. Oh. Where he killed her. Ooh. <gasps> oh. Dun, dun, dun. That gets back to a point we may have skipped over. Was At one point, she asks him about when he found her stabbed. Yeah, in front of Radikan, she asks about it, I think. And he's like, I hallucinated that. Anyhow. Um, say that out so... loud, Oren. The people need to know. <laughs> what, the Dr. Pepper is the PepsiCo product in North America and Coca-Cola product elsewhere? Yeah, that's fucked up. Because he talked about how it's a PepsiCo, but I, I looked up Dr. Pepper in Japanese earlier, and it was definitely on a Coca-Cola site, so I was wondering what was going on. So I just looked at the Wikipedia article. I wonder, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, I guess somebody in, like, PepsiCo America, or whatever this division is, bought bought it, but it's... I don't know. I think Dr. Pepper's owned by Snapple. Uh, somebody, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know somebody who works in this industry, and uh, a lot of this stuff is all distribution stuff. It's not yeah. like they don't make it. It's more like, you know, whatever. I think Seagram's. I think whatever. I think Seagram's owns Snapple, which bought Dr. Pepper. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. So I think it's one thing in the United States. It's Coca-Cola in Europe and Japan, and it's Pepsi in Canada. Something like that. Yeah. Because, like, like, a lot of these companies don't have huge, like, their distribution is limited in certain markets. So, like, they will distribute. Like, they don't, they don't care. Like, if it's, like, a market where they can make more money distributing somebody else's product, they'll just do it. I'm learning so much. Seriously, fuck, fuck time travel. <laughs> anyway, what happens? Oh, Daru gets the ad admin password. He's like, I got it. I figured it out. And um, sure. And uh, but you know, now that it's been planted in our heads because of the like thing that happened at the shrine, I'm kind of like, 
did he find the sysadmin password or like was it made like easy for him to find because it's all part of how this is all being orchestrated so that things go in a certain way I I'm I, f- I feel like we should be careful with that too right because technically then you could see it in everything I don't know that you're wrong I'm just saying like that's a worry yeah. it's just like hacking into CERN like hmm like, did Jack actually make his password 1111 kind of thing? Yeah. So this is what's so weird, right? Or maybe he's maybe he's just, like, not a hacker at all. Maybe it's just, like, this is... They set up, like, a toy SQL for them to hack into or something. But here's my thing, right? Like, that would be... So Jack, if Jack makes his password easy so that Daru can hack into it, technically anybody can hack into CERN. It doesn't have to be Daru, right? But the IBN 5100 is specifically at a shrine where someone Rentaro knows works at, you know, or whatever, like, uh, tens. You know what I mean? Like, that sequence of events is fairly specific to him. Unless some, because, in fact, isn't, um, oh, uh, blanking on her name. The the woman who works downstairs with Mr. Braun. uh, Suzuha. Thank you. Suzuha, thank you. Because Suzuha, she makes that comment too, like, oh, it was there? You know what I mean? Like, that's something specific. Like, that's something someone set up for Rentaro. Maybe even mm-hmm. Rentaro in a different timeline set it up for himself to find later as an anonymous donor. Or Chris, or whatever, you know, whoever. But, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's possible too, yeah, that CERN ha- CERN's back door is open for a way for Daru or something. I don't know. Well, anyway, we're, I think we're we're nearing the end of the chapter, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, he he finds it, and so he's looking at more emails and trying to figure out what the Z project were, were and what 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 was the Jellyman report. Um, meanwhile, Creasy tries to replicate the banana experiment again, and we're reminded again that the microwave only works normally. Um, also, we're texting Lukako, like, during this whole chapter, and we get, like, a weird story about how Lukako's, uh, Luca's sister is, like, very, is, like, a tomboy, and she's like, oh, you know, my sister and my, my dad used to bully me, or not bully her, but, like, make her do something unspeakable, and we're like, what? And, uh, she's like, make me wear girl clothes. It's just so weird. It, it, that, I don't know what that was. That was weird. I don't know why Luca. It just feels very transphobic, just the whole premise of like, oh, you made your boy wear girl clothes as a child, and now she's trans. Like, ew. I don't know where the game is going with Luca Ko, and I'm not sure I'm going to like it when we get there. It's, yeah. It, it, it made me confused. Um... So, uh, it, it is very much a product of its time, which, like, you know, this is, this is some, this is some bad times for, for getting across these ideas. Like, these people were not, like, the dialogue publicly was not good. Yeah. And just the whole thing of, like, and, like, this happens in so much media, especially, and I feel like I see it a lot in anime too, like, still, where, like, the, the transphobic writer, like, feels the need to explain why a character is a trans girl. Um, like, not just that this character exists, but, like, we have to have an explanation of how she got that way. And, like, it's so gross. I hate it. I hate that this is happening. How does this work in... I, I, I don't know if this is a very heavy question for you, Aren, but how does this work in the original, like, in the culture and the time? Um, just... Does Steinsgate well-received now for this, or...? 
Yeah, Japan is still really behind on all this stuff um, mm, compared to the rest okay. of the world. Mm. Uh, it's getting better, but only recently, um, like LGBT stuff has been like more more in, in the front, out front. Gotcha. I still think. I mean, I know, I know a little bit about what's going on. I think I, I still think Luca is mostly handled correctly. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess that part of it where they kind of have to explain why she's that way is maybe... Mayuri even, like, I think Mayuri even sort of hits it on the head like earlier when we uh, first meet Luca is like Mayuri mentions the fad that's like, but they're cute too cute to be a boy that sort of uh, trope and um, I, I just think that that's like something that was very common in at least a lot of Japanese media that I've seen and I think that was their sort of just like playing with expectations of gender but not really like in a serious manner just sort of jokingly and there was nothing too deep behind it you definitely see that character the boy who looks like a girl in a lot of anime from the time Mm -hmm. and not in a positive way like the term trap comes to mind which is horrible right right yeah which is still a problem yeah so yeah, I hope they'll, I hope they'll, I just want to protect Luca. I s- <laughs> Luca's done well. Yeah, but I think Steinsgate still still treats it better than most products of the right. line. So I I want I want I don't want to say too much right now. So I mean, yeah, I think it's it, yeah I, I yeah. So meanwhile, uh, some some time passes while they're recreating the banana experiment, and it's not working. There's two warm banana two warm bananas later. Do they eat um, the bananas too? What the they frick do. are they doing? You don't eat bananas in a microwave for two minutes. No, don't eat those. Two minutes too. Those are going to be some hot ass bananas. Those are horrible bananas. Tweet tweet at me if you've ever eaten a warm banana. Not really. I mean, but maybe. I want to. I want to know. <laughs> Not really. You've got some problems. <laughs> By the way, is that is that why they give Chris the um, cup ramen? Yes. Which he eats through the fork. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, I don't buy it. She was born in Japan. She doesn't. She, she knows how to use chopsticks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, granted, she's living back for a month, but like, still. I mean, come on. Yeah. Even even if she lived in the in the United States for most of her life, you 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 guys know how to eat with chopsticks, right? Of yeah. course. Yeah. Especially eating ramen through chopsticks. I do, but I I do it. I do it wrong, actually, but I do. I can make do. Like I cheat. That's the most unbelievable thing in this game. Yeah, and like, and it's one thing. It's like if one was available, you know, like if there was, if you were like at a restaurant, and you had a fork instead of chopsticks, or chopsticks instead of a fork, you'd just kind of be like, use whatever you were given. But like, she specifically asks for a fork. Yeah, that was weird. That was like a, just a joke. Yeah, and it's implied that like at least one of her parents are Japanese, right? Like this isn't, mm-hmm. and, and probably both. She was born in yeah. Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I think she just it said she just went to America to study. Yeah, for seven years. Well, her mom's still there. I think she 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 lived uh, for like since she was seven or something. But uh, okay, that's still the first seven years of her life in in Japan. You learn how to eat when you're three. Yeah, I feel like you would pick you'd pick that up in, in your first seven years. It's not like they don't have chopsticks in America. We have chopsticks here. Anyways, homework before next session: microwave a banana and eat it. And tell us what it's... <laughs> no, I will not do that. <laughs> 120 seconds. I... Well, last week I tweeted some folks and asked... I just tweeted out, would you eat a banana that had been in the microwave for two minutes? And someone uh, 
pig-faced lady said, motherfucker, I'd give it a third minute in there. <laughs> wow. wow. How brave. Much respect. <laughs> hey, you do you. Follow that dream. Thank you, pig-faced lady. Warm bananas. Uh, so, so now that we've talked about warm bananas, um, we're gonna get to the fucked up shit, which is that Daru finds the report about the Z project in the Jellyman files. So the Z, the Z program, it began in 1973, and it basically confirms everything that John Titor said about CERN, that they're trying to do time travel, that they made those mini black holes, that, like, that's their goal, and that they want to use time travel to, like, correct the timeline and create a utopia. This is my favorite thing, is that, like, they say everything uh, from now on is about the Z Project, including all other projects and, like, research that CERN has done was just to help cover up the fact that CERN was doing time travel. So, like, any any research that has been done over the, the past, like, <laughs> 20 years, that was just a cover-up. Do you know what? Do you know what that reminds me of? Is like, do you remember in Spider-Man 2 when Dr. Octopus brings all those people to his lab and it's like, I've got a fusion reactor going. Yeah. I'll just use these artificially intelligent limbs that'll detach to my back and and it's, and we'll show you the fusion reactor. And it's like, but wait, like, what about that thing you invented for the fusion? That's amazing. Like, this? Nah, forget it. It's nothing. Like, a fusion reactor is great, but like... Y- you could have also announced the the the, the, the arms. I mean, prosthetics, cool intelligence, yeah. and he's just like, who cares? It's just for the fusion reactor. You people are ridiculous, you know. I like how they're constantly like, oh yeah, every program that we do is just to cover it up. It's like, oh, you remember when we we invented Jelly Boy for the SNES? Yeah, that was a cover up. <laughs> Our search. <laughs> but yeah, their their idea of a utopia is having uh. 300 people control the uh, rest of humanity and uh, limiting its population to 1 billion. And that's also a real conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, that is. But you've got to imagine that morale at CERN is really low if most of the people know that they're doing research that isn't, that it's, that's pointless. Yeah, they're not even the 300, too. Do they know? I mean... Like, wouldn't you hire these departments to, like, move around money and... <laughs> I mean, the sysadmins do. I mean, by the way, we're going to have you do this research, but it's really pointless. It's just a cover-up. So just, like, pretend that you're busy while we're doing, like, the mini black hole stuff. I mean, it depends. Like, if it pays well, that might be a lot of scientists' dream job, where I get to fake data on purpose because I was told to <laughs> get paid for it. And get cash money by the Illuminati. Right, like, you're actually doing the real... Like, we need to move some money around. Can you? Have, like, can I build a large Hadron Collider? It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> That'll keep the media busy for at least three years. Right, I think I can find some, like, boson particles. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, just do, do your little thing. We don't care. <laughs> They're all like, you get a Nobel Prize. You get a Nobel Prize. What do you want me to do with the reports on that? Ah, uh, just file them. Who cares? All right. So the it gets serious. Well, it gets serious because someone died. We had the Jellyman report. Yeah, the Jellyman. I can't seriously consider something called the Jellyman report. And yet... I, I swear to God, the reason I said Jelly Belly is because I keep thinking it every time I see Jelly Man. Oh, no. <laughs> jelly Belly. Jelly, he was a Jelly Boy once. <laughs> oh, no. He was. So Jelly Man was a guy that they tried to time travel. I assume, like, one of the first, like, the first one. And he did go back in time. 
1921 because they found there's a news article that's printed about a jellified man stuck in a wall that they found in like New York City in 1921 and it's like an old news article about it and they're like oh it did work but he died and um so a man got jellified just like the bananas did and so they halted uh research I guess because he died and that that's the that's the end of the chapter, but I do want to d- d- direct... There, They had, like, this four-step plan, and, you know, step four was human experimentation. And, you know, which, if you're time travel, yeah, four steps is enough. That's all you need to, to split it up. <laughs> step five, profit. But um, the third step was... was a- The third step was animal uh, transportation. And I have to think, like... Did... did did they not nail down the animal transportation before they decided that's good enough? We'll go to humans. Like twenty five percent of the time is good. How did? How would you prove? Yeah, how would you prove? Would you just be like, oh no, we put a door a dog in nineteen forty two? Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, like what? She just ran away. <laughs> well, they they couldn't they couldn't find any articles about a jellified dog or whatever, so they just figured it would be okay for people. Maybe it was like they they only sent animals back in time like a couple weeks so they could measure it, right? Like they could be like, okay, I'm gonna put this dog in this box a week from now, and then it happened. <laughs> hey, where'd that monkey come from? I guess we succeeded. <laughs> like anytime something happens that they can't explain, <laughs> they just had a raccoon accidentally get into the lab, and they're like, oh, we did it. Yeah, what? Yeah, I ate the pranks. Like, you've got guys stealing people's lunches out of the fridge, and then when they get mad, it's like, oh, I, I guess we transported it into the future or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, one of the janitor lies. He's like, oh, it must have been that raccoon who got in again. Oh, my God, we succeeded. Yeah. Like, yeah. I left the door open, and a cat wanted, he didn't want to fess up to it. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Stage three. Didn't you hear? I'll just put this cat outside. We're ready for stage four. Come on Bye. in, James McCarthy. <laughs> Yeah. That man had a family. Gee, so so this is like the point of no return. I like the science behind this. I like the science behind this because it's like they figured out that it worked because they found an article about it. And it's like, did they get the article first and then before sending the guy? Or did they send the guy and then just look for the article? Or I don't know. Well, they, they according to how Titer explains this theory to work, they had to have sent the guy and then uh, time... The timeline changed, and so then the article would have appeared. So, now, the timeline changing, though, I'm taking it to mean, and I don't think we have enough information per se, that, like, not that now this person was born, like, however, like, in 1890, and grew up and became a jellified person in the wall, but time travel did exist, and if a grandfather paradox were to have occurred from the time travel, that would have been correct. Right. Right. Yes. It's okay. So, so this, this, so... James McCarthy uh, got phase-shifted and time-traveled to 1921, and now he's Jelly Man in a wall. Yeah. Yes. Uh, super compression in the Kerr black hole caused him to, like, jellify. And then, you know, the people that, I guess, sent him back through time, you know, they had their reality corrected, and, like, looking at an article, like, oh, uh, that didn't work. That was their exact reaction. <laughs> Oh, darn. The reason the bananas were jellified is because they went through this the wormhole that takes exotic matter to bust a hole through to reverse gravity. And it, like, it wasn't enough exotic matter to protect 
the thing inside, right? So it got fractaled. So that's what happened to the bananas. And 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 salt doesn't do that because it's such a simple structure. It wouldn't like you know, there, there's no way for it to jellify in, in terms of whatever mass is exerted on it. And apparently they didn't check the chicken because it was frozen. Yeah. So here's here's the creepy part of the experiment. Do you get a newspaper article from New York that day from on April 1921? Send James back and see if it changed. Well, yeah, I guess you, I guess you can't, right? Because if it was successful, he wouldn't necessarily be in the newspaper, would he? Yeah, I mean, if it was if it didn't change, then you'd be like, all right, I guess uh, lo- you know, local local man who is. Why did he want to go back to 1921? I mean, is the notion that they don't know where they sent them back, and then they... They don't know. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. They found it in Microfitch somewhere, like, looking everywhere. Yes. They scoured all of human history? I guess that it's like, okay, we're making this time travel thing. We've chosen a certain date. I mean, before we do anything, we need to get every single paper, because that has to be, like, a constant, whether it works or not. You need to... You need to control this somehow. But you don't remember... Because the future is fixed too, right? So like they like he's he doesn't exist anymore now that he's dead. The newspaper experiment would quote unquote work if you knew he would die really, and that like that he would be in that city maybe location roughly and that date specifically because if you were off by a day you'd have the wrong paper. But if you had the right paper. It would be changed, because back in the 20s, it was printed, you bought a copy, you knew it was on the paper when you bought it, technically, in that new timeline. But you didn't know it, because you weren't there, you weren't present during that timeline. But again, everything is immediately the past, so you can't know. Like, if your your memory's also getting corrected instantaneously. Right, so that's the fucked up part of the experiment. It's like, well, I know it worked, because I bought the paper this morning that said it worked. Yeah, you remember that as happening. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can only exist if it works. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. In the previous timeline, yeah, you were like, I don't know if this is gonna work, and then all of a sudden, after the experiment, like, I know it failed, sort of, because he died, but I, you know, at least we sent him back, and you always knew. Yeah. That's the fucked up part, where it's like, it's not like you're looking at the paper and then it magically changes, and you can be like, oh, it worked. No. It's just that's the way it always yes. was. Yes. So in every perception of it, either he was always dead, he was. It's a fuck. Damn it, Schrodinger's cat. He was always dead or he was always alive. It's the, like the opposite of Schrodinger's cat. They they sort of explain it with their, their world line theories later. I don't know if it completely covers the entire paradox, but... Um, they talked about... And they talked about diverging from a... Didn't Titer mention something about diverging from a main timeline? Yeah. Yeah, they, they have, like, yeah, these sort of yeah. ideas of main timelines, main world lines. Alpha timelines, if you will. Do you remember at the beginning of the game when the Chris is dead and then the, t- the time shift happens and you get that graphic of, like, the bulbs with the numbers? Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it starts at, like, one point something and goes down to zero point. So my thing, I was thinking, is that the divergence from the main timeline? Yeah, because Titer, Titer talks about, like, the level of divergence. He gives a number like that. So I... Yeah, it... it Titer mentions a specific number if someone were to be killed, and I'm pretty sure that the number that he mentioned is the same number as what's on the bulbs. It's one point something. They're different. Oh, they're different? Yeah. 
Well, well, there goes that. I can, I can let you know if you're right, but I, I assume you'll you would write, like no, the no, game no, to no, tell no. you. I got it right here. I take a note. It's a it's a zero point six nine. Nice. It's originally <laughs> it's originally one point one three zero four two six, and then it becomes zero point five seven. So next time, <laughs> what are we gonna read? Uh, chapter three, I think. It's about the same length as this one, so. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna have to start earlier. The next one is longer, so I think we'll split that. But these are doable. We just gotta know, like, yeah, start early. So, like, if you're gonna do it, like, don't do it in a day. It's two days. You, you gotta do. It takes a little bit. It takes longer than you think it's gonna take in a in a thing about time travel. It's it's relative. No, I mean it didn't take that long. Oh right, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't take that long. All right, what's our sign? Elsai Congru. Elsai Congru. Elsai Congru. Elsai Congru. Elsai Congru.